0: Real Estate Sessions is brought to you by FIRST. FIRST knows that a real estate professional's most valuable asset is their relationships. A strong personal network is the moat that can guard against any industry disruption. But there is never enough time to nurture your network the way you want to. FIRST powers top agents with artificial intelligence to spotlight the people who are most likely to sell. This brings focus and attention to make important connections when it matters most. Learn more and request a free demo at FIRST.io. The iBuyer has
1: pressed the easy button because we should have been focused on making it easier for the consumer instead of us spending all of our time as realtors focusing on lead generation, which is pro-realtor, not pro-consumer lead generation. Because does cold calling help the consumer? Calling canceled and expired? No. But all of the industry, like all the coaches, all the brokers are all focused on, you know, lead, 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 leads, but not, there's nobody in, in charge of making sure the consumer gets what they want because that's who pays us.
0: Welcome to the Real Estate Sessions podcast where industry leaders share their stories and offer tips and advice for real estate professionals. Now your host, Bill Rissa of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 144 of the Real Estate Sessions podcast. I am thrilled today to revisit a couple of past guests on the Real Estate Sessions. Back in 2016, I interviewed Jeff Seebach, episode 38, and Phil Sexton, episode 57. Wow. I'll, call, I'll call them the strategic minds behind the Seebach team. I had another phrase, but I like that one better. <laughs> they, they were they were doing great things back then. But fast forward to this year, they are the number one team in Maricopa County. They're the number one Realty One group for the entire country. They're also, just found out this month, they're a three-time nominee for an Innovator Award for their team. I mean, I've moderated panels with these guys. I've co-presented at events. I've even shared a beer or two of them. So I'm keenly aware of the fact that I'm about to lose control of my own show. Um I can't wait to catch up with these two guys. Jeff and Phil, welcome to the podcast. What's up, Phil Risser? Hey oh. How are nice. you guys doing?
2: Check, check. Is this thing on? Check one? Check two.
0: As I mentioned, this is gonna be uh this will be this is the one I'm gonna submit for a Peabody. It's gonna be yeah. great.
2: Thanks for having us. I mean, what I meant to say was thank you for having us on. Yeah, again. we're
0: so appreciative of you. No, yeah. Look, I, um, I understand I was, there
2: was uh, some, uh, an auction involved at a, at a, at a women's retreat. What, what was it?
0: Yeah, Women's Council of Realtors at the State Convention for Arizona. Um, I got strong arm into being auctioned off again. And, and someone we both know very well, Kathy Laswick, very nice lady, yep, um, yep. bid on me and spent a significant amount of money to get me to uh, talk to her on the air. And she said, nope, not me. I want you to talk to Phil and Jeff. And I went, Are you kidding
2: me? I told her she can't get out of it.
0: I was That's like, yeah. awesome. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll talk to her later. No, it's great. So I've never done it this way before. The podcast is always kind of a one-on-one, but I'm really excited to talk to the two of you guys. Cause it's, it's been so fun. And Phil, we've had lots of conversations since probably 2007 or eight, you know, just between the two of us talking about where real estate was going. I think we we kind of aligned together for the most part. Jeff, I've met you probably 2015, 14 for the first time. Yeah, yeah maybe even earlier at John Hall, right? In the uh, one well, of those I training. Think it was sessions. Earlier than that, I want yeah. to say it was more like like think, 11 or 12 to be think, honest. Yeah, I think you're I right. Think memory sucks. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> or it wasn't that memorable at the time. Maybe yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I remembered you. I want to. I want to ask you. So the the last time we talked, I asked both of you how the team was doing. But let's get a recap. Let's kind of say, you know, tell me what the Seabuck team is like today. How many people you got working for you? What are the roles? And let's talk about your projected sales for 2018
1: for a second. Yeah. um, Right now we're sitting at 36 agents. I mean, our thing is, is because we're a a team, not a brokerage, we um, lean out people that don't see the vision that we do. Over time, so we recruit and then, you know, and it has been a steady progression upwards, but we're about to go through another acquisition strategy. But we've got 36 agents, we have probably about 55 total people. We're looking to do, last year we did 175, we're on pace to do 240. 240 units? 240 million, sorry. <laughs> 240 million um, is what we're on pace for. I think 238 is actually the pace. I'm uh, estimating a, you, you a little bit. You do round, round up. up. I do round up. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're looking to come in around 550 to 600 transactions. So, um, you
0: know, a little better than last year. And and here you have the time to sit and chat with me for half an hour, 40 minutes. Yeah, it not really work anymore, Bill. Right? Let's be honest. Wait, wait. <laughs> It's Bill Risser. Yeah. <laughs>
2: when that, I have an alert set up on my Gmail. When you email me, like this alarm goes off on my phone. It,
0: <laughs> Whatever, Sexton. All right. Let's,
2: <laughs> and I what? love that you come out for the state convention still. I think that's awesome.
0: I have fond, fond memories of Arizona. It's where I, uh, it's where I got started in the business, right? As a sales guy. Actually, my very first visit to an office was taking a dozen donuts to Jim Sexton's office meeting at John Hall on North Tatum. I've been there. I've been there. Dropping wow. off the donuts and being introduced. Was it in
1: the, in the Oval Conference Center? Or yeah, what?
0: That, with the, the two-tier thing going. It was beautiful. And uh, yeah, it's. i tell you what, I love Arizona. It's always going to have a soft spot in my heart. Uh, and I'll be back, I hope, every year if they'll have me back. So it was great. Me too. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about you enough about Bill. Um, so I, I, I've got a, I well I watch your stuff. I'm always watching the video work you're doing. I'm not going to ask you to do it, but, but I could just, in my mind, I see it when, when I say, you know, commission compression, fight commission compression, I see this dance, you know, that just kind of, starts up
2: <laughs> I'm looking for my signs <laughs> <laughs> we got signs
0: yeah so I've lost them again people ladies and gentlemen they'll Depression. be back in a minute there they, there they go commission compression go. commission compression yeah right and yeah. so I, I know that there's a, a huge strategy you have let's talk about that first mm-hmm. let's talk about first of all what you define what's your definition of commission compression and what are the outside forces that are that are causing it
1: let's see so define commission compression that on a per deal basis, the individual realtors are gonna make less in the future. That we see this number decreasing more rapidly now as the new influences into the industry are um, changing our role away from being, I think gonna be away from being a generalist that does all the stuff and that but I mean, it's really more of the, the pieces that a realtor did are getting um, consumed by corporations, right? Meaning the search process was consumed by aggregators as, you know, the lead aggregators for those that don't know what the word aggregator means, like companies like Zillow and Trulia and homes.com and realtor.com and even like a Redfin, people that bring all the data together in one place away they, they took away the search process from realtors, but realtors were okay with it because they were still guaranteed their commission through MLS. And we don't talk about individual commissions, but just the idea of now we have the iBuyers that created the... That was easy. Yeah, right? <laughs> so realtors um, took, uh, I guess I'm going to call it a break having to do the search process as a chance for them to have all this extra free time because now we're not going out to look at houses, we'll let our buyer search on our own. We're still guaranteed to get paid. So what we'll do with that time is we'll focus on lead generation. And that the entire industry boomed about lead generation from 14, 15, 16 as they started to come up with ways of you know, being okay with, okay, you shop for your house on your own, you go figure it out. And then when you find one you like, give me a call. Right, But not realizing that the consumer thought that the finding of a home and the search process was a big reason why they were making the amount of money that they were making and that the realtors, instead of trying to compete and trying to come out with websites that were full of data, right, like full of neighborhood information like you can find from the aggregators they lost that piece of their job but the, but because their commission had not been affected up until this time frame, they didn't care because they were like it doesn't matter my, I'm same same right as long as you're like you're at a job right as long, as long, hey I got lots of less work but now I'm getting the same pay. I'm okay with that right as long as I look around the corner nobody's looking okay we're good all right but now because we should have been focusing on creating the easy button, which now the iBuyer has pressed the easy button because we should have been focused on making it easier for the consumer instead of us spending all of our time as realtors focusing on lead generation, which is pro-realtor, not pro-consumer lead generation. Because does cold calling help the consumer? Calling canceled and expired? No. But all of the industry, like all the coaches, all the brokers are all focused on, you know, lead, 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 leads. But there's nobody in, in charge of making sure the consumer gets what they want because that's who pays us. So now you have Open Door and you have OfferPad, now you have Zillow entering the space of the iBuyer, making it easier for the consumer. But now they're touching the consumer first before the realtor is. And now we've added another party into our real estate transaction. And that's why we're going to have. Commission compression is because when you're you still have a commission that's being paid, but well, when now when you're competing more, guess what happens, right? Like, because now when we go into a listing appointment, if we have three offers from iBuyers and then we have three other realtors, that's a lot of competition, which is going to force down the thing that you know most of the general public pleads anyway that we were overpaid for our jobs. Um, we also think though that the realtors have been anti. Uh, aggregator and that it's a bad thing, but we believe in the new model. They're just going to realize that this is the new world. Right? Like many people thought during the short sale and foreclosure age that it was going to end and it is going to, that that was going to end because once you had less notices of trustee sale, right, when they're all gone, it goes away. But uh, Bill, do you think the internet's going to go away?
0: No, I don't, Jeff.
1: <laughs> do you think that the consumer is going to stop searching on the internet and wanting to get an easier transaction? No, they're not gonna, they They still not. want that. Yeah. yeah, so we thought that they needed a champion to help them fight. And it's kind of a little bit of, you know, um, there's a little realization of realtors that we have to realize what we did and how we need to get it back.
0: So, so I, w- I want to follow up real quick because it, it, it sounds at first, kind of at first glance, like you're, you're anti-lead generation. There's no way you're anti-lead generation. You're anti the way it's being done.
2: There's actually a ton of information and availability of how to find and generate and build leads in this industry. There's not a lot of ton of how to do a better job with the consumer. And let's all get together to figure out how we can make this transaction easier on the consumer. And so instead of coming out and say, hey, you should be 25% this and 25% that, we're just coming in. We know that lead generation is covered by everybody else out there. What we're trying to do is promote the consumer-centric models. Who is paying attention to the clients as everybody else is talking about lead generation? How are, we, how are we actually providing value today in this society, knowing that half of our time that we used to search for houses is now done by the consumers? What are we going to do now to actually help them Find their house, transact their house, improve their house. Whatever it is that we got to do, how can we be house experts? Totally we it totally still generate leads. It's yeah. still business,
1: business, yep. still a sales organization. Let me say it this way: We spend twenty five percent of our overall marketing budget on lead generation. Where things that are, uh, let's say, just so postcards we or do we don't do those. But if we did it, okay, paper-based marketing. We do some direct mail. We do some direct direct mail, mail. right? So we, we, you know, but everything else we're doing is on behalf of our clients, right? It actually works, and we, but we spend seventy-five percent to try and sell the house, which we're hired to do, and trying to identify buyers versus the opposite, in which we see people, um, you know, they have five pieces to their marketing budget, assign a rider a post mls a lockbox a lockbox That's that, about that, that might be a us no no, no no photos oh, oh they photos. get photos yeah oh no, their yeah. son
2: their hey! son takes the pictures they bought their son a right. camera on a, on he a, goes to asu right. right they they send him wait or wait a minute is go it wildcats go devils i mean i heard I heard on a and on they're a, like hey let's how about you go take pictures of this half a million dollar asset that i'm in charge of selling nice
0: <laughs> all right, wait, but, no. so you 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 that word. I wanted to bring up in the next question, so you, you're taking me down that path. But hmm. uh, I want to talk about a couple of um, the most important of the ten traditionalist myths that I saw in one of your videos. Um, okay. First of all, let's We're talk. talk saw- about wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh, on. Which
2: one? Which one is he? has got one.
0: Oh, oh, you got one. Oh, I, there's one that I really like. Oh, good. It's you're Go super, I know you're super passionate about it, Jeff. It's it was the open house. you know, like, oh, open houses are stupid. They don't work. Can I call that a, is that that a traditionalist myth? If that's what you believe, then you're
2: absolutely a traditionalist. Yes. The world that we live in right now with consumers doing the searching, as much of the search process as they are doing, they go to open houses, period.
1: Well, if you just even think that they don't work, you have to be a traditionalist because that means you're... It's completely disconnected with the whole world of this day. I mean, we're find, finding the buyers 60% of the time on our listings, but yet they say it doesn't work, and that's
0: kind of a head-scratcher like this right here.
1: Like, what? Huh? That's an audio head-scratcher.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add the sound later. I got it. Got
1: <laughs> I don't know. I, to me, it's just called lying because the thing is, is I hate open houses. You know why? Because they're on the weekend. Because it's a pain in the butt, and it's extra work, and it's hot, it's hot outside. outside. We're in yeah. Arizona. It's a hundred degrees now, and we got to put signs out, and we got to do marketing for it. But honestly, when it's the best thing for the seller, but you're telling the seller it doesn't work, I have a problem. It's called a lie.
2: It's mm. called a lie. Mm. <laughs> mm. So if you, Bill, you know what else we see in our area is. Not with anybody that Fidelity Title works with.
0: Oh, thank you. Or Chicago, since I'm kind of representing both of them now. (laughs)
2: Okay, all right. I wasn't sure. I was going with your email signature. I don't don't know. (laughs) I could
0: go back to an old email signature, but... That's true. That's true.
2: Since, uh, let's see. If you know anybody that sends just listed postcards to 250 neighbors around their new listing and convinces the seller that that helps them sell the house... You You might might be be a a traditionalist. traditionalist. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I mean, I got to think that, you know. You got any more? Yeah. If you um, are excited to put your house on a realtor tour that's going to take four weeks to get your listing out there, you You might might be a traditionalist.
2: Yeah. In fact, I mean, along those lines, if you think that the M in RMS is actual marketing… Bill, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. like, you might be a traditionalist. Like, yeah. I mean, those are just names that we use yeah. in the industry to make us sound like it's something other than
0: what it is. So you you understand my audience for this podcast is other realtors. So we're here to no, help yes. other realtors. No, we want to help them be successful. I mean, the model that
1: we have been preaching has grown our business 1,600%. Hmm. So the, when I look at the traditionalist models, I see a lot of people with their business being flat. So we want to let them know that it really will grow their business because the 99% of realtors out there are still pitching these older models that are not being. The reason is because it's not in benefit of the consumer, but because when you become pro-consumer, your business
2: explodes with growth. If I had a sound effect, I would, I would totally Boom. play it.
0: Boom. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Um, let me, let me know. ask you this. Let me ask you this question. You, you talked about the, the iBuyers coming in and rolling in and kind of changing the way things are working. Right. And you mentioned, you know, open door and OfferPad. We have OfferPad here in Tampa, open doors in Orlando and headed this way. I got that from a really trustworthy source, if you know who I mean. And, and then, yeah, babysitter. Yeah, yeah. Your babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Bill's babysitter told me about open door coming to Tampa. Yeah. But then, then we have, you have things like this. You have um, purple bricks coming out of the UK. That's going to do a flat listing fee. And you got, Knock, who says you can uh, trade your house in, and we'll help hey, you. Ladies, uh, homie, same thing. Oh, I got homie doing the same thing. You got all these companies, and and to be quite honest, I have a we have a rental home still back in Phoenix, and I I I sent a thing into Open Door, and I said, tell me what my house is worth. I, you know what's my price, and they came in about twenty five thousand dollars under what everything else around me is selling. I don't have a professional see you know estimate or appraisal or whatever, but I, I kind of get a sense. I've been in the business a little while, and uh, so I looked at that and I said, oh, that's the cost of certainty. It's going to cost me $25,000 to know that this is going to absolutely be- Talk to Phil Sexton about that word. No, it's- Certainty? It's, it's certainty. Maybe, that, maybe a little. Yeah, that
1: is it. It's certainty.
0: Yeah. And so it's a very expensive. Certainty when you're selling a property is expensive, in my opinion. I think I'd rather wait around for a month if I had to, or two months, or see whatever the number is to get full value. So, but,
2: you, think a house, so you think
0: your house goes
1: up
2: in value the longer it's on the market?
0: It depends on the market.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it depends on the economy of whether that 25 matters to you or not. Mm -hmm. Because also, did you buy the house or did you leave it for your kids? And now your kids are making the decision because their motivation might be different as well. Absolutely. Right. Like there's a spot for those companies, no doubt. The the history, I mean, the the proof of the amount of homes that they're buying, obviously there's a spot for them. One of the things that fired, I don't know, myself up is... and. I was looking at uh, one of these Facebook groups that's got thousands of 80,000 or 25,000 agents in it and somebody posted on there that his client posted on the on Facebook and it said in search of an agent who can sell my house because obviously so-and-so can't and he posted it in this agent forum this realtor only forum and said how would you guys respond and one of the comments that got the most likes said if it's in the MLS, then every realtor in the marketplace rejected the property. Obviously, you need to reduce the price or something like that. Yeah. And it got most play. That comment got 176 thumbs ups and hearts and people commenting afterwards like best comment, winning comment. And that's the sad thing. Like, If you don't think that your job, if, if all it takes is MLS and price reductions, then let a computer do it. That's not our value anymore. And that's why we're trying to join this fight against commission compression, but really join the fight for actually bringing value to the clients. Because if you're talking about on the MLS and lowering price, then yeah, dude, go, go. You can do that. You don't need a license to do that.
0: Tell tell me what the Seabock team does instead. Cause I, I know what you I know some of the things you do. Tell me what you do to help sell a house that's consumer centric. The thing is, is we
1: know when we go talk to a seller that the seller wants more money. So what we do is we advise them on things that would make their house actually worth more money. Because when you look at old school things like, uh, let's call it staging the house with furniture, it doesn't actually address and improve the house. But when we put in stainless steel appliances and we replace their old Almond GE appliances from 1970 it actually improves the value of the house when we put in granite in the bathrooms or we put in a backsplash or we change the hardware it improved because you're updating the house. You're actually giving it, um, improving the asset. Right. Right. It's why plastic surgery works better than um, makeup. makeup. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's a first time analogy. By, by the way, I'll be tweeting that out. I'll be tweeting that out later. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Buck Team. Well, the thing is, yeah. though, Bill, we
1: have to compare it to online dating because online dating is something that everybody gets. Because realtors get caught up in this challenge of um, what I used to do that worked. Now that it's like online dating and that the, the buyer can see all of the house before they come, what they don't realize is, is it's changing the demand curve for that house. Where when we required, uh, we, we usually show a listing in 2004 when they had to go see, when there was one photo, and you had to contact the realtor to see it, the people actually came in the house, and that way you won more because you had a chance to to at least expose them and have a conversation similar to like Best Buy no longer. Now the people don't come in the store to buy, they're losing because they're not even, they they only have a chance to, to, I don't believe in selling the house, but you have a chance to show the best assets when they come to the
2: house. Um, It's emotional. Yeah. You have a chance of having an emotional connection when people walk through the front door. And I don't care how many pictures on Tinder Bill looks at on a weekly basis, he's not having emotional connections with those people. (laughs) No, but that's what it
1: is. 52% of the time, people are finding it on their cell phone, but realizing that I laugh because um, we say that pictures are the game now. So why are brokers, why are not industry companies Get, talking about strategy of photos. Like, you don't go to a conference called Photos, Photos, Photos. But that's the stuff that we're – no, I'm not kidding.
0: Yeah, but you're right.
1: Yeah, when I Google, uh, you know, Tinder's – you know, how do you make myself look better on Tinder, they're advising – For work,
2: Bill. For <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> But the reality is is that, that I don't know that realtors are caring enough, and they need to, but I think that this is why we're going to have to put out – we're going to flat out put up more education. We're going to put on training seminars. We're going to put on the stuff because it's focused on the things that actually sell houses for more money, because that's what to answer your original question is what we advise sellers on is okay. If you want to sell it for that, these are the things we have to do, right? Like it's only, you know, we give them a range right now. It's worth this. And we, you know, the thing is, is when you look at, I've been in 17,000 houses now inside open door, walk around, not, not online, not looking at 17,000, you know, houses on Zillow. Um, it, cause it took me 15 years, 16 years to get to that level, but then you actually know the things and it's just becoming a market expert so that you can correctly advise your seller. Um, when selling a house, the things that are going to make it worse, more the reason why realtors don't feel comfortable is because they don't have the expertise that they are going to have in the future as we teach them to create this value for sellers, because
0: then they're going to be coming to you more. Where, if I'm a realtor, where can I find this training?
2: Jeff and Phil Originals is our Facebook group where we're having this conversation right now with other agents on what we can do to improve on all aspects of it. It's not a, there's nothing that two guys in Phoenix, Arizona are going to change the industry. It's going to take a collection of all of us that believe in the industry and want the industry to be here in 10, 15 years. And we have to get better in order to do that. And so collectively let's, let's work on not liking the guy's post that says lower the price and put it on MLS. Like we have to, because that lowers your value and we have to recognize value. And even Brian Copeland out of, um, nashville tennessee he spoke at the aar convention right and one of the things that he said that i thought was spot on same message is stop promoting under contract in one day how simple does that make your job i just
1: underpriced this house yeah
2: (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) i mean from from our standpoint if it takes us six weeks of 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 helping sellers remodel their house to get it ready. And then we get it under contract on the fir- in the first weekend, we have to learn how to share that story without saying under contract in first day. We got to talk about six weeks of prep, one day of showings. This is the difference, right? Yeah. Consult a real, consult a realtor that actually knows like we gotta, it's we gotta how to morph our message.
1: Um, but on Jeff and Phil's Originals, to, to expand upon and where can they find this, is we're offering uh, Mondays and Wednesdays, um, we're going to have an open discussion a la Gary V. meaning that we're going to open up the kimono. We're going to talk about all the things that we do because it's not just a 30, 40-minute podcast of greatness from Bill Risser. It's 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 the beginning I of the conversation.
2: I scheduled three hours. Oh, okay, good stuff. Uh-huh. But
0: because this is
1: where we're going to offer training. And um, in addition to that, but I mean, so if you want to attend at 3 p.m. Mountain Standard Time MST. Did we call that Arizona time? On Arizona time, on Mondays and Wednesdays. we're. I mean, we were hammered with questions on last week. It was freaking awesome. But beginning this mind shift that has to happen because to us – The mind shift usually takes, if you're entrenched in receiving a week of training, it takes still a a typical agent six to nine months to get their mind on how they have to think differently. And we're going to be coming out with training class. We're going to online, we're going to have in in classroom. But different kind of training um, as you begin to change your job away from – hey, I'm going to sell your house for a realtor tour that you know that only listing agents are going to show up, not actually
2: people that are representing the buyers. So we're also coming out with this little, how can the consumer, Bill, how can the consumer know which agents are effective at selling houses and which ones aren't?
0: Like a rating system, it sounds like.
2: Like a rating system, okay, but, but, fair enough. but, but, but uh, there's already reviews and rating systems mm-hmm. that are out there. But what I think is uh, interesting is that there's no, you, you, you use the word certainty, which is what the eye buyers were offering you. And I think that consumers want certainty and they're willing to pay more for certainty, obviously. But if you could both have uh, more money, if, if a seller could have more money in their pocket and have certainty i think they would pick that other than less money and certainty and here's what i'm getting at is are you an agent that takes overpriced listings just to get the listing and then lower the price right now that's still hidden from consumers consumers have no way to know if that's your strategy or not right and so as jeff and i are working on a website called agent metrics it's a
1: A G E N T M E T R I X. Yeah, it's
2: spelled wrong. It's, it's not wrong. wrong. It's agent metrics. Jeff, with an X I can't. I,
1: I still say realtor. So we use what with agent metrics. Yeah,
2: <laughs> agent <laughs> metrics with an X, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what we're doing. <laughs> but agent metrics, our goal, yes, is to bring to light certainty, which agents in which areas at which price points provide the most certainty compared to others, because we feel that those agents, whether they're us or you or not you, but whether they're our competition or us shouldn't matter. Let's elevate the level of realtors. Our whole push towards bringing more data to consumers and bringing more training to agents is to actually make a go at fixing this word realtor that's broken in the consumer's eyes right now.
1: We honestly want to highlight the people that are doing great business. Like, I didn't even, like, the first time we put this algorithm together, I didn't even score the highest. This girl in Gilbert
2: did. Right. right. there's certain things that you have to do. We haven't called her to tell her yet. No. Right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's <laughs> announce it here on the show. Let's go ahead and... No,
2: because because we we're testing
1: it out, right? Like, if you do over 30 million, if you do over 15 million, if you do over 5 million, if you do less than 1%, Million, what do you look like? Because there's certain questions, like for instance, if you're a new agent, is that the best option for somebody to buy or sell a house with? Honestly, if we're on the consumer side, yes or no,
0: Bill? No, it's not. Sorry, okay, okay. All, right, all right, right, right.
2: right Fidelity, right. as heard by Fidelity, yeah, yeah. now <laughs> no, <man. laughs> like, we, Let's see, know, we edit, promote a, a mentoring
1: <laughs> program that you should be, you know, but it's you know, how ha- or if you're um, from North Scottsdale and you have a listing in Goodyear, are you necessarily the best agent for that person? I mean, maybe if you sell a lot of houses and you do a lot of marketing, you could be, but you should still have local representation, in my opinion. Um, or it should just be clear cut for the consumer to see that I'm still going with them because they like them and that's fine. But a a transparent View at the history of that realtor and their successes and their failures, um, including things like website presence, um, marketing. What are they spending their marketing dollars on? Um, then you know their their uh, wins. Like, you know, did you list twenty seven houses but you only sold fourteen last year, and the, your original list price was you know eleven uh, percent above the, uh, the sales price? So How are we getting, you know, those, those types of things, but incorporating, um, for instance, if you've sold 200 houses and you have five Zillow reviews, why?
2: Hmm.
1: Like, are you not, why are you not asking your clients for, I mean, like, I don't know. We get reviews. We don't, we promote it openly. I mean, fortunately we have a lot of reviews, but is there a reason why you're not,
0: I mean, you're not... In well, using today's standard. Um, hey, like get the consumer involved in your business. Like, so, is this is this something that's going to be voluntary? People can say, "I want to be a part of your process."
1: Go to Agent Metrics right now. Okay. Um, A G E N T M E T R I X dot com. Metrics with an X. <laughs> with we'll,
0: we'll, we'll put a link in the show, not
2: matrix. show notes. <laughs> matrix oh, the show notes. Metrics. metrics. Yeah, yeah. So it'll show up on on my Apple Podcast thing. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Will it show up on my on my when I listen to it on SoundCloud?
0: SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, you name it. We're everywhere. What if I just go to therealestatesessions.com? You can find it there too, Phil. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So you guys, I need a guest next week. The week after, I'm going to book you for three more episodes in a row. Because I'm looking at the the clock. I
1: don't know if you can tell, but we can keep talking.
0: (laughs) You have a hard out. So I want to make sure I get you going. And we've had you here about 45 minutes. So. Let me. I, I'll wrap this up, and I, I'm serious. We're going to come back. We're going to revisit you guys in a month or two, or maybe a little longer, and find out how things are going with Agent Metrics. But I think you're going to generate a lot of interest in, in what you're what you're doing is pretty cool.
1: Thank well, you. I mean, here's the thing: is is we had we hosted a huge event, uh, sold out, room was packed because it's really we're trying to save the industry is the way we feel. And when you said our target is realtors it's, we're, we love it. I just don't think that the realtors have thought, because the word is I use is apathy. And the agents say, well, why do I have to worry about the aggregators? And why do I have to worry about the eye buyers is that, you know, we're at the end of the agent centric era. And that we have to start just, you know, to be more focused on the consumer, if we still, like, there's no doubt that everybody believes the agent is going to be involved. But is it going to be an agent from a corporation or will the individual agent survive? And we think the answer is yes, but it's going to be different from what you, the way you used to do business. And we just want to help you get there.
0: Well, I I need to wrap this up the way I always do. I've asked you both this question separately, but I'm going to ask you together as a team um, to give me your, your best advice you would give a new agent just getting started in the business. Now I think it's going to be bits and pieces of what we've heard but somebody who's brand new in the industry, what's the one thing you would tell them they gotta do?
1: Make sure that you see 200 houses this month.
0: That's awesome, and no one's ever given that one. What's that? No one's ever had that response, that's great. Tell me yeah. why.
1: Because we are losing our value as a realtor, and really, the, it, it begins to change the verbiage that comes out of your mouth. Because what happens is when you go get your license, you learn how to negotiate a contract instead of learning to be a house expert. And what the what the consumer wants is they want someone that understands the area and what the house is and the difference in them when you're going to be consulting with them. You also have to know the contract, but your job's not limited to that. I know that your broker is going to teach you that. I know that the, you went to school and I know that you have to go through amount of classes of that, but you're not going to be successful unless, you know, this, this is the, cha- the challenges because they're always talking about the risk in the, in the industry and it is abundant and it's clear and we got that covered. But if we want to continue our existence, we have to become product experts and have actual value. And when you go in lots of houses, you know what? You learn something.
2: And awesome. it's of value to the consumer. Awesome, Phil. My, my one piece of advice, Bill. Yeah, thank you for asking. <laughs> it came from a, I think the is it a marquee sign? I think that's what it's called. So there's a Valvoline oil change station just north of the 101 off of Cave Creek Boulevard. For anybody that's familiar with Phoenix, and when you drive northbound on the road, they used to put motivational quotes in the marquee on those block letters. Yeah. And one day I drove by it and it said don't wish it were easier, wish you were better. And I love that quote. That, I'd come to find out it was a Jim Rohn quote. But at the time, Jeff and I, as we were working on building the Seabach team, we had conversations where literally the words that came out of our mouths were, I wish this was easier. Yeah, I wish we were better. And I wish this was easier. And now that totally changed our mind. I mean, that changed my mind. It's not, I wish it was easier. It is, I wish I was better. Like, what can I do to get better at my job so that I'm more effective? That's the goal. That's the, when you get new into the industry, that's what you need to wish. That's what you need to work hard
0: on. If, if I've got listeners who want to reach out to you directly, either one of you, first of all, will you take people contacting you directly? Or would you rather them head off to the page or the, the website? What's the best way to reach out?
2: Well, all of the above. Yeah. I mean, okay. First, I'll Bill, let me give out. Do you want me to give all three cell phone numbers? <laughs> sure, go
0: ahead. <laughs> <laughs> if,
2: you, if you want us to comment, just go out to Jeff and Phil's originals on Facebook.
1: Join the group and uh, talk to us one-on-one, right? Like that's the best way to begin the conversation because we're live every Monday and Wednesday. Um, and uh, Come in I've, and ask questions about what you just heard. Yeah, we'd love yeah. to meet, meet with agents all the time. We've met with, I don't know, a little over 600 agents about, helping them impact their business so if they reached out the answer is yes i mean um we'd love to meet with them
0: i can't think i can't thank you two enough this was been this has been wonderful it's uh, like no other episode <laughs> in the 143 prior to it
2: yeah 144 yeah. 12 by 12 baby <laughs> <laughs>
0: some kind of number thing going on there It worked out perfectly Thank you guys so much for for doing this. you're a
2: rock
1: star. We love you, man. Take care, everybody. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Peace out.